listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and you're listening to Mornings with Mubaraka, where we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. You can tune in as well uh, on newhavenindependent.org, on the New Haven Independent Facebook page, or if you miss any part of the show or want to listen to it again, you can go to iTunes and iCloud and look up WNHH Community Radio. Good morning and welcome. Today is Wednesday. Of course it is because this is your Wednesday morning voice. Um, And it is the 11th of October. And fall is here and it is um, slowly creeping upon us. So it is a beautiful fall day and we are going to chat a little bit. We're going to chat about entrepreneurship and I want you to call in and chime in when you can or if you can. The numbers to call in is 203-872-7356 or 203-684-8907. So if you follow me at all or listen to uh, the previous shows, you know that I am sort of kind of like a serial entrepreneur. Um, And what exactly does that mean? My kids actually gave me that term initially because I love business and I love marketing and I start businesses. And uh, I have done that for the last 20 years (laughs) because I realized that uh, having a business is really having freedom, even though there is a quote that says uh, entrepreneurs are the only people that will work 120 hours a week in order to avoid working a 40 hour a week job. <laughs> and that is often very, very true. <laughs> it is very true because when you are an entrepreneur and you are starting a business or running a business, then you there is no break. There is when you're sick. There's no, um, oh, I'm going to call call out to my boss and somebody's going to sub for me. Nope, doesn't happen. Uh, everything is dependent upon you initially, particularly when you're first starting a business. So I wanted to talk a little bit about starting a business. What does it take? What does it take to start a business? What does it take to make a business successful? I coach uh, young businesses and people who are looking to start businesses. And one of the things that I realize is um, taking that first step is really scary for a lot of people, like really taking a leap of faith. So I am going to go down today in a time we have, let's say we're going to go through, we're going to try to get through 10 tips for successful entrepreneurship. So I, you know, if you listen to my show, you know, I'm kind of like a chronological person, meaning that I start from the beginning, (laughs) work my way. So when you, so my first tip for starting a business, so if you know that you have You want to start a business, right? You understand the importance of starting a business and how it allows you to have uh, freedom, freedom with your time, right? So you determine your own schedule. It allows you to write your own paycheck for yourself, right? So how much you get paid is really dependent upon you. Have you ever worked for somebody and you're like, 
I really have uh, a great way to introduce a new product or a new service and I think it's going to do really good and you're kind of in the owner or the boss is like, yeah, no, I've been there and I've done that. So when I um, first got into uh, personal training and fitness, I actually worked for a I worked for a all women's gym and because I worked for the gym, I couldn't really implement my own programs. That means <clears throat> So that means I couldn't implement my own program meaning that I couldn't add a class that I knew that everybody would love and that would actually make the owner more money and make me more money. Right. And even if I did, uh, most of the money wasn't going to come to me anyway, <laughs> which is what happens when you work for someone else. Um, and some people is okay with that. Some people, and I am by no means saying like everybody is going to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it is also not for people who don't have kind of like the means, not just financial means, but the lifestyle that is going to allow them to take major risk because it it is it, it, it allows you to t- you have to take risk in order to be an entrepreneur. So if you are thinking about a business, my first suggestion for being an entrepreneur is start off with a plan, right? And for every business, that does not mean a business plan. Sometimes I have started several businesses and some of them started off with just the financial plan. Some of them I did business plan with kind of like a 10-year projection. So it depends on the type of business that, that you're starting, right? If you are starting a business without a business plan, you will eventually, once you, as your business grow, have to create a full plan. But either way, you have to start off with a plan. I always pe- tell people, start off with the money because you got to have the money. You got to figure out how you're going to generate the money. You have to know what your profit margins are. So if you are doing a product or or if you're selling a service, both of them, you need to know how much you're going to charge. What is all of your overhead going to be and what is going to be your profit? Because in the end, you are in business to make money. It is wonderful for you to offer a service that people need or a product that people need, but you cannot offer that service or that product if you are not making money because you also have to pay your own rent or mortgage. You also need lights (laughs) and you probably get more business if your business actually has the electricity and lights on. So that's important. (laughs) So start off with a plan. That's my first thing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I think, I don't think that it has to be, you have to hire somebody to help put together a business plan. You need to start off with kind of like, what is your vision? What is your financial plan? And then what is your plan with a vision? What plan goes with that vision? So, um, Is your vision to compete with, you know, a large company? Is your business to dominate your industry in your state or in your region or in the nation or maybe the world? Whatever your vision is, that is where you start with your plan. And then you have to put you have to always put that money part behind it 
that is so that's the first thing that I tell people start off with a plan know your numbers that's important know your numbers if you take only one thing from this I think that's probably going to be the most important thing know your numbers what is your plan and know your numbers how are you going to make money doing this um, the second thing so that's tip number one um, my second tip for people who are looking to be entrepreneurs is um, get a mentor, get somebody who's going to advise you, leverage your networks, right? So it doesn't always mean that it has to be somebody in your specific industry, but someone who has done business before and if it is a good mentor, they're going to be completely honest. Well, I can tell you this, but I don't know much about that. So say you wanted to start a mm, you wanted to start a publishing company, right? So you need to talk to people who not just people who own publishing companies, but people who have published books, right? What are some of the challenges that they have? What is it in that industry that you can that you can solve. Um, it's really important that you know the things that you're trying to achieve for your customers, right? Um, one of the things that I am constantly saying is that people don't buy products, they buy solutions to their problem. No matter how great your product is, your customers is buying a solution to a problem. So let's take, for example, and a great example of this is, you know, there's a company, what is it called? Life Alert, right? So Life Alert is a little pendant that older people wear or people with disabilities can wear. And it you simply press a button and it automatically calls the police or the ambulance to come to assist you because that's the emergency of it. When Life Alert created a marketing plan to market Life Alert, they did not create a plan. You notice that their commercial, and you can look up a Life Alert commercial. The Life Alert commercials don't say, oh, get the ambulance and help there um, as soon as possible. Oh, it's easy for you to, um, to call for help when you need help. That isn't really what the commercial is about. They looked at their customer base. And they looked at what is the biggest fear for their customer base. The biggest fear for their customer base was older people want to be independent as long as possible. They don't want to leave their homes and go inside of a nursing home or go inside of an adult care center. They want to be independent. And so the Life Alert commercials, if you listen to the wording, it talks about older people staying in their homes for as long as possible. And what is the other side of people with life alert? Their loved ones. Their loved ones who are concerned that they're living by themselves and they're not going to have help when they need it. And so who they, who they put on the commercial in front of you is that they put a mom and a daughter, right? And the daughter is saying, now I feel safe that my mom will be okay, right? The mom is, I can live in my house alone by myself. So that are those are they're solving the problem, the problem of older people having to uh, leave their home and not being able to live independently. 
So when you think of your product, you have to think of what is the problem that I'm solving? And that is how you want to go about in your marketing. Um, so that is the, that, so that's the second thing. That, so I'm going to try to keep up with kind of like what I'm saying too. <laughs> so the first thing was have a plan and know your numbers. Second thing is um, to find a mentor. And I guess the third thing would be know your client and customers. I kind of like, I kind of like merge both of those together and I probably should have um, know your client and customers. The fourth thing, and this, I don't think necessarily in this, um, in this order, but you also are going to kind of need to know your industry. And this is kind of tricky, particularly with social media and all of the internet marketing, because people who want to get inside of an industry, they can get sidetracked by focusing too much on the competition, right? So I would say do some research, understand the way other people are marketing, the way they're dominating, the way that they're growing, but don't obsess with them. So you do have to understand your your competition and how that's working and what can you offer that is going to be a little bit different. So I think that that is really important. Like you're not going to dominate if you just go and I just want to get a piece of that pie too. Right. So um, it was, I believe it was Walmart. One of the uh, CEOs of Walmart who said you can't out Amazon, Amazon, right? So (laughs) you don't want to be exactly like your competition. What are you going to do that's different? You know, this was a question that I had to think about or think about my response to when I started my bean pie business. I've been asked more than once, kind of like, so what makes your bean pies different, right? So besides the fact not different from other pies but other bean pies i'm not the only bean pie company in the world right i think there's about four or five of them um who have national distribution in the country it's still a very small market but there's only about four or five that has not that have national distribution um and what makes mine different from every other bean pie what makes my pie different is it is Socially conscious soul food, meaning we buy our beans from a small local farmer in Michigan. We use cage-free eggs. We use hormone-free butter. We use ethically sourced and environmentally conscious palm kernel oil. We use unbromated flour. So all of those things make for a better quality pie and it puts my pie in a different category. Like these are where my pie differs from everybody else that makes bean pie. And I literally have not found any other, um, any other company that have that level of quality ingredients that we use. So what is it about your product that is going to make it different? So you have to think about this, even if you're thinking about, um, I'm starting a clothesline, right? What is it uh, about your clothesline that is going to make people buy yours as opposed to somebody else's, right? So you have to think about that. Is it the quality? Is it the price? 
is it you're going to make it really convenient and have them in places that they can get easily? Is it the access? Uh, is it the style, right? Is your style different? Who are you marketing to? And can you market yourself around that style? Um, it was uh, Seth Godin that said, um, don't make products and go get customers find out the products that your customers need and make those products, right? So who are you trying to service? What can you give them that is going to fill their need, right? So I think that what we think, when you think of a business, and this is a part of kind of like the business research part as well. When you think about starting a business, you need to know what clients want and what, what need you can fill, because sometimes when we think very self-centered, well, I really want this and I really need this. So everybody's going to want it. And to some extent, that may be true as to the general idea of your product. But what is it that the clients need specifically that you can supply? Again, what is that? So that problem that you're trying to solve. If you are just tuning in, then you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. This is Mornings with Mubaraka, and we are talking about tips for, so, for um, successful entrepreneurship. Uh, you can tune in live on newhavenindependent.org, on the New Haven Independent Facebook page, or my Facebook page as well. And uh, you can give us a call if you have a tip that you think is important or you have a question. And those call in numbers are 203-872-7356 or 203-684-8907. I'm going to go to my Facebook comments. And Abdi Mahad said, my wife and I are both adjunct professors. We teach and we have our businesses both of us are Muslims, so taking out a loan with interest from banking institution was an issue in the first place. Instead, we use our own money to start with. Yes, that is actually a great option for people to start businesses. I think that one of the um, one of the common held beliefs that is not always true is that you have to get a business loan for fifty thousand, a hundred thousand. Um, dollars. And depending on the business that you're trying to start, you may not necessarily need that amount to start, right? You can start, you can do something towards your business, even if you know, you need to keep it small so that it can be um, funded uh, little by little, right? <clears throat> so all of my businesses, I funded in this way. And I started off small and I started off with, um, you know, our savings or sometimes a little extra money we have over from paychecks <laughs> and you start off small and then you begin to build. And also to one of the things that is, I think, a also a common myth is I have to quit my job and just do this business. I was quite impressed. So for my pie business, I rent a commercial kitchen and there's another gentleman who rents the kitchen and he makes ice cream. And he literally comes in at night after he puts his kid to bed to make the ice cream, right? You don't have to 
uh, and you probably shouldn't when you first start off, like just totally quit your job and start from just, I'm going to quit everything and I'm going to start a business. If you have the financial, if you've saved money and you've have the finances to do that, then that is certainly an option, but it is not a necessary component of starting a business. It's really important that I think that people who want to start business just do something. That is like, I meet so many people who have a business idea and some of them I'm like, wow, that's an awesome idea. That's like a great product. And they've sat on that idea for five years or 10 years and they haven't done anything but tell people that they have this great business idea that they're getting ready to start a business. You're getting ready to start a business for 10 years. Do it, right? Do it. Do not be afraid to fail. The worst thing that can happen is you fail. And that's actually not so bad. At least you did it. At least you tried. You will uh, learn something in the process. Every business that I started was not successful. So when the first business that I started, some, gosh, it's been about 20 years now. Wow. I feel really old right now. <laughs> but um, The first business that I started is I made herbal teas and all natural uh, hair and skin products, right? And I was a stay-at-home mom and I was homeschooling for kids. And I did that for maybe about four or about, four, I guess maybe about four or five years. Yeah, about four years I did that. And what I learned from business from that is you have to, it did not, so I end up stop doing the business at the time herbs and natural products was not as uh well known in the industry wasn't what it is today and it took a lot of effort to convince people that no you should use natural products and chemicals or you know you shouldn't be ingesting them all the time and teas can help you with your headache and it can help you with your stomach ache like I literally had to give a workshop with everything that I sold <laughs> and it was a lot of effort and a lot of energy and I did not have the passion I think uh and to stick to it so if I had kind of like you know limped along eventually the industry would have like picked up as it is today right if I started the business today it would be awesome right now we have multi-million dollar herbal tea companies um at the time i think like celestial seasoning was the only one we have now you go in the health food store it is like 10 different brands <laughs> um but uh, that that business not succeeding taught me lessons along the way some lessons were good lessons i taught what well, i was learned what not to do some lessons i learned what we, i should do so one of the things that what that did help with that business is leveraging my friends and family and my networks to help me get the word out. This was also before internet, way before Facebook, way before all the social media stuff. So marketing was word of mouth, postcards, flyers. It was much more difficult <laughs> when I think of it back then compared to today, like how easy it is to 
get your name out there and get your marketing. The internet completely changed the world for businesses. This is literally the best time in human history to have a business. The amount of marketing, like we complain about Big Brother, we complain about, oh, Facebook knows everything about our life. And from an individual perspective, people may feel like it's invasive, but I'm going to be devil's advocate and say from a marketing perspective, it is absolutely wonderful <laughs> because you can literally reach out to the exact person that you want. If you have a product that market that your you say you make a skin product and it is for children with eczema you can literally go on facebook ads and say show this to women who have children between the ages of zero and 10 years old who like the eczema solutions page and they are between you know 25 and 55 and your ad will only show to those people because Facebook knows all of that about them. And Facebook owns Instagram, so it does the same thing on Instagram. Um, but you can do the same thing on Twitter. You can do the same thing on Google ads. So from a marketing perspective, the fact that they know so much about us for businesses is a great thing. Now, Everybody can argue how they feel personally about them collecting that information about us and whether or not they are going to share that information. Um, that is a whole nother perspective. But from a business, you know, it used to be uh, when I before Internet and social media marketing, um, I would you would get a billboard, right? And I've had several of these throughout the city. And it was great marketing. If you just want your name to be known in general, it is awesome marketing to get a billboard. Um, and it actually has lots of longevity because, you know, when I first opened my fitness studio, I got a billboard and it was literally like six billboards throughout the city of New Haven, big old gigantic pictures of me. And some 10 years later, when I was invited to the White House to have dinner with President Obama. Beforehand, we met with some of the the staff and the head of a lots of um, different different departments of the of the government, and the person who ran the department for small business and um, and innovation. When I went to introduce myself, he goes, "I remember you." I remember you from the billboard when I went to Yale and I lived in New Haven. <laughs> so the longevity of it was awesome. <laughs> but when you do things like that, a billboard or you just do put your, you know, your advertising on the side of a bus, those kind of things is like, you know, you're trying to advertise to everybody and you don't know where it's going to land. Right. So you're just kind of like throwing flyers in the air and some of them will land on people who are your market. Some of them won't. So all of the time, all of the money spent for people who do not fit into your demographic of your clients is really a waste of money. 
And so what social media and internet um, marketing has done is it has eliminated that waste in marketing money where you can market directly to your potential clients. You don't have to waste money on people who are not your clients. That is a very specific and targeted strategy. Now, depending on who your clientele is, if you have more of a general base of clientele, you want to reach every demographic and you want to reach men and women. You want to reach teenagers and seniors. You want to reach, um, you know, people who are lower on the socioeconomic scale and higher on the socioeconomic scale. If you want to reach an entire, uh, an entire, then you want to do something like that. If you just want to brand yourself, right, as, I don't know, the the house flipping guru, right? And you want people like that, everybody to watch you. Then something like a billboard or um, a bus ad or just putting flyers all over the place, then that may be beneficial. But if you are servicing, if you're doing a service for a specific demographic or you're doing a um, product for a specific demographic, then you certainly want to um, target your marketing. And how do you figure out what that target marketing is? Ha ha. So I've done entire webinars on this. That is called creating your client avatar, right? Do you have an avatar? You should have an avatar. What is an avatar? Um, one, it is an awesome movie. And if you have not seen it, you must see it. <laughs> so that's the first thing. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, <laughs> I literally like have watched it like a dozen times. I absolutely love Avatar. <laughs> it's like the best movie. Um, <laughs> um, but besides the movie, Avatar is also your ideal client. So it's not your only client. It is your ideal client, the person that you are solving a problem for. And it shouldn't be general like, well, I offer services for women um, or I offer services for teenagers or no. It needs to be as specific as you can possibly get. So let's use an example of. I don't know what kind of example have I not used. Um, let's use an example of, uh, say, I don't know, headphones, right? Let's use an example of kind of like Beats, he Beats headphones, right? What is the demographic that they are targeting? They are targeting, one, people who listen to music. So you can't say that that's men or women, right? It's going to be both of them. But it's not going to be all men or women. They're talking about People who li listen to music on the go, so you are active people, and that doesn't mean exercise. It just means people that are on the go that want to have uh, um, music, right? So that their demographic is not going to be senior citizens. Their demographic is not going to be middle schoolers, right? So when they create ads, they also are putting people in those ads that is their avatar because you're going to relate to somebody that you are um, in marketing. You relate to somebody that you have something in common with, right? So they show young adults, they show teenagers, 
They show people dancing. They show people walking to work. They show like all of the things that makes Beats great that you can have these awesome headphones with all of this branding on it, right? The, the other thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that uh, when you make your avatar, what is their financial demographics, right? So Beats is not for people who are struggling. Well, I don't think that's who they're targeting anyway <laughs> for a hundred and something dollars for some headphones. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if you don't have money, you're not going to do that. So it's important that your demographic is number one, willing to buy your product and able to buy your product. Right. So an example of willing but not able is you have a video game that a middle schooler or a high schooler would love. They are so willing to buy your 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 game, but they don't have credit cards. So they're not able to buy your game, right? And they have to do a lot of a lot of A's <laughs> to convince their parents to buy a $120 game. So who are you going? So the fact that so many young adults and now older adult males <laughs> play video games is actually um, a great way for you to market to them because those people who are willing and they are both able. So an, an example of somebody who is able but not willing, if you have a product, say um, you're making skincare products, right? High-end skincare products and you are using every chemical in the book in order to make it and you try to put it in a natural food store, you have people who come in contact with your products who are able to buy it, but they may not be willing to buy it. So you have to really know who your demographic is. I'll give you another example of how to really hone down on exactly who your avatar is. Um, and so when I had a fitness studio, I had to create an avatar for that studio. I focused on weight loss and I get women and weight loss, right? So, but that was not good enough. Weight loss can mean anything. It can mean somebody who has gained 10 pounds be after they had their babies to somebody who is 200 pounds overweight and just had a gastric bypass, right? So not that I can't help both demographics, but when I created my marketing, I had to be really specific. Who are the best people that I feel I can service, right? Because of my style of training, my ideal client needed to lose between 20 and 50 pounds, right? Um, because they need to be physically able to do the things that I wanted them to do. They're the ideal kind of like uh, exercises that I, that I had. I needed them to have tried other programs and have not succeeded, right? That And that doesn't, uh, that sounds kind of malicious when I say it that way, but it's really not malicious, right? <laughs> um, and so now they are willing. So what that did is that makes them willing to really put the effort into getting advice and instructions on how to do it correctly, right? So I had to be very specific. I wanted women between the ages of 30 and 55, who was between 20 to 50 pounds overweight, 
who have tried other programs and not succeeded and is willing and able to follow my recommendations and instructions. So that gave me a very specific person to target. Somebody very specific that I wanted to help. So not that I did not help people who came to me and needed to lose 100 pounds. Of course I can help them. I have the expertise to help them. I have the ability to help them. And I certainly did help them. And it doesn't mean that I can't help somebody that only leads to, lo- to lose 10 pounds. Of course I can help them. I have the expertise to help them. I have the ability to help them. But as I create my programs, as I create my marketing, I need it to be very specific as to that avatar. So you have to ask yourself, who is your avatar? Who are you trying to target? Because that is going to make your marketing dollars uh, spread much further. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio, and um, streaming live on newhavenindependent.org, also on the New Haven Independent Facebook page and Mubarak's profile page. So you can follow us on any of those platforms. You can also... Uh, listen to it after the show if you want, if you've missed any part or if you want to listen again, you can find it on iTunes and iCloud. Just look up WNHH Community Radio on both of those and then scroll down. Well, we have lots of other awesome shows on WNHH too, but you can scroll down to Mornings with Mubarak <laughs> and look for the Entrepreneurships, Tips and Entrepreneurships episode. Um We are coming down to the last seven minutes talking about successful uh, tips for successful entrepreneurship. So um, my next tip. So finding your avatar is super, super important. My next tip is having great time management. Right. And this is something that I think is extremely extremely important for entrepreneurs you have to be able to manage your time and not get distracted don't stay busy busy is not productive right so sometimes we think that if we're doing something then it is going to get us some we can just spin our words there's some days where you're just like you know keep going on social media oh I'm sorry maybe I'm talking about me get a lot done (laughs) but you really need to have great time management create goals you're going to what do you want to achieve in a year what do you want to achieve this quarter so every this three months what do you want to achieve by the end of the month by the week by the day every day you should have a to-do list And it should be everything from what's the most important to, hey, I need to wash my clothes, right? Put everything down on your to-do list. Doesn't mean it's all going to get done. But you can be able to check off as you go along and you at least have a guide, right? So if you are going someplace, if I'm going to drive from Connecticut to Brooklyn, right? If I did not put my GPS on, I would be very lost. I would not know whether or not I should go over Whitestone or George Washington Bridge. 
I may eventually get to Brooklyn if I keep driving and driving and just, okay, I know I'm going south, right? But it's going to take much, much longer. But if I know the way, I know what steps. Hey, I'm making progress. I'm in Stanford. I'm making progress. I'm in Norwalk. Hey, look, I'm in now in Mount Vernon. I'm closer to my destination. All of that, all of the knowing the way and kind of like those goals, those stop points will keep me focused on my goal. Always have a to-do list every single day, especially, especially if you are an entrepreneur. That's, I think that's for everybody, but especially if you are entrepreneur or you're looking to launch your business and become an entrepreneur, you want to make sure that you have a to-do list and you're checking off every single day. Even if all you do is one thing, if you have a full-time job, but you want to start a business on the side and you feel like you don't have time, you have time. It's all about what you do with time. Hitler, Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, Barack Obama, uh, and you and me, we have one thing in common. We all have 24 hours in a day. And what we do with that 24 hours, it is, is going to determine what we achieve in life. So people who have achieved great things, they did not have more time than you do or than I do. It is what they do with their time that made them productive and great. So I want you to think about every single day what you checked off on your list of entrepreneurship and what you're doing with your time that's going to make you live your legacy, achieve success, and let people know that you have contributed to the world in a great way. All right? So that is my spiel for today, and I am at the end of my show. So those are some success, some tips for successful entrepreneurs. And I hope that you go forth and you create something great. I want to remind you to be a voice and not an echo. Until next week.